0: This is your host Tia. This is your host Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top Ten. Why? Eek vibes nation. Eek vibes nation. 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 The Top Ten. The Top. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Top 10 by Geek. As always, I'm your host, Nia, and I have with me my co host this morning.
1: How are you, Brittany? I'm doing great. Um, no cats in sight. I feel like I always have to give an update on the cats. They are not <laughs> here, so I feel like I have my full attention today. I feel like that won't last long. (laughs) Hey, rude. Accurate, but rude.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You can't lie with facts. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my gosh. But, um... Oh gosh, what was I going to say? It is Sunday. It is the morning. Uh, last week, you and I did our top ten at night on Monday, so I feel like now we're getting back into the groove of doing this in the morning. So, how are you feeling?
1: <laughs> I, I, I was, yeah, you know, I was like, man. I was like, these morning time and I, what's bad is I uh, actually uh, Tia knows how hard I sleep. I sleep through alarms. I sleep through people shaking me. I could sleep through an earthquake, but um, I actually turned off my alarm this morning and went straight back to sleep. And I woke up at uh, 20 minutes before the podcast and I was like, landed it, stuck the landing. I'm fine. That could have been really bad. I I will say I woke up in a panic. I grabbed my phone. I was like, dude, going to kill
0: me. I would have bothered Aaron. At that point i've done it before, and when you have to like resort to desperation, you resort to it
1: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> although
0: I don't know how much Aaron can actually get you to do things, considering he's been trying to get you to watch John Wick, and someone still hasn't watched John Wick
1: <laughs> C- Cobra Kai came up that's oh the problem
0: we talk about that later, but um Our top ten this week is going to be top ten surprisingly good TV shows because there are times – listen, there are times when you watch, like, a trailer to a show and you know it's going to be good and – you know, either you're satisfied or you're dissatisfied. And then there are other times where you see a show and you're like, this shouldn't be good, but it's good. And those are the sort of shows that we're going to be exploring today on our top 10 list. I'm pretty excited. It was relatively easy to come up with this list. I don't know how it was for you, Brittany, but I feel like I'm feel like i on my E-game today.
1: I feel like I, I feel like it did not take me very long to get my picks at all. That's always good, right?
0: Because there are some, like, there are some times where I come up with the, or, you know, you and I come up with the idea for a list and I have, like, two, maybe three, like, solid picks. And then I'm sitting there going, okay, I need at least two more and then a backup. And that feels like it's difficult.
1: I know where you're just sitting there going, like, Place brain work. I, I need these picks.
0: I – my brain has not worked for a while, so, you know, it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot, but – <laughs> Before we hop right into the top ten list, because I'm pretty excited to get this going, we of course have a message from a friend of the podcast, and that is going to be our friends over at Stranger Damies. If you don't know, Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D and D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons. Spit edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980- 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find us of course at GeekVibesNation.com. Now I have to also give a spotlight to their other two um podcast because as it says in that description they are a main Damie family of podcasts um their other podcast they call this a movie which is probably one of my favorite podcasts just celebrate its 100th episode which i don't even know brittany when you and i celebrate that we need to look into that how many episodes we've actually done with each other but um they've done their uh
1: sure. they, what'd you say i said too many <gasps> I <It's a two>. said <laughs> two of us not have heard me because she would have been so offended if she heard. And then when I repeated it, I was like, yeah, that was the reaction I was looking for.
0: Rude. But I was going to say they called this a movie, celebrate their 100th episode with, I don't know if I'm even saying it right, the movie Pooty Tang. <laughs> um don't even know if i said that right um but it is their episode covering it is hilarious and they also have another uh podcast which mark who has been on our show before remember when we did the snowpiercer episode um he heads the podcast Game Vault Podcast. Um, and soon they're and I mentioned this because soon they're going to be covering the Netflix show High Score. I don't know if I told you about that, Brittany, but that's a really fun like short documentary series exploring like the uh, insurgents and creation of video games from, say, like, the 1970s on. It's so cool. It gives me such, like, Halt and Catch Fire vibes. It makes me so happy. You have to watch it as a, like, streamer. I just feel like you should definitely watch it. It just gives me so much feels, Um, and I feel like I wish I was back in that age during, like, the time when they were just figuring out Atari and Pac-Man and things like that it's like oh my god do you guys even know what is going to happen to video games just like 10 years from now
1: i know there's a lot of times that like mom and dad will like talk about the 80s so fondly because uh, and i will sit there and i'll be like oh that'd be so cool and uh, i'm like oh you know listening to like the atari coming out or the big arcades and i'm like that would be awesome. And then my mom tells me about oh none of them wore seatbelts, and how you know they came home after dark, and their parents just kind of hoped they would come back. And I go, ah, ah. my
0: mom tells me that all the time. She'll be like, I don't, I don't know how we survived back in the day. That you know they were driving without seatbelts. They were you know <laughs> drinking and driving and shit. Like they she tells me all the time whenever her and her friends from back in the day get together, they're like, How the hell did we survive? And I'm like, you guys are much more wild than I could ever be. But um before we move on, we have two more messages. One being our friends Ricky and Jacob at Music City Drive In. Ricky also is in charge of our geek vibes uh sports Twitter page. Yes. Geeks can be into sports and movies. I'm not into sports, but if you're into sports, make sure you check it out at GVN Sports for all of the latest there. And we actually have an affiliate co- code with The Coldest Water Bottle. Once this um, podcast goes on YouTube, I will put the link in the description, but make sure you click on it if you want to get the latest at Coldest Water Bottle, There. uh I don't even know what to call it. They're water bottles. (laughs) Um, You know, keep things very, very cold. And you should drink more water because it's good for you. So, yeah, Brittany, we are doing the top ten surprisingly good TV shows. Make sure you take it away with number ten.
1: I keep looking at my list trying to, like, figure out which one. But I think I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Parks and Rec. And you'll laugh at my reason why. (laughs) It Uh took me so long, so long to actually watch the show. And I would be like, oh, it's funny. And I think I'd like watched the first episode and I wasn't like, that's what it was. It was the first episode where they have like the deep like crater in the ground or like saying something like about it being dangerous. And I was like, I'm going to show about a parks and rec like department, you know, and everybody like, Like, I thought it would be kind of funny, but it was, like, around the time when there was a lot of, like, these funny, like, little, like, sitcoms coming out where, um, that would, like, I felt like, uh, The Office had really, like, pushed into that sort of, like, not narrative, but, like, a show, and I sat there, and I put it off forever, and I remember Ansley, you know, like, uh, she would always be talking about it and i knew you would talk about it and be like it's so funny and my thing is like i didn't start truly watching it and like to the point that it wasn't until people were like chris pratt got hot and i was like what are they talking about and i was like oh it's that goofy guy from the memes right of hearts of rick where it's like him making the surprised face or like the shit he would do and i um uh, I was like, okay, let me look back. Let me look back, and I started watching it. I'm telling you, I have laughed and I have cried and I've been angry with the show. And I was like, this show was not made to make me feel, but I feel so, so much with the show. Like, like between like, uh, just I'm trying to think of the, like the way to describe it. I didn't expect to love Ron Swanson so much. Oh my god. Love Ron. I know. I was like I still to this day, like anytime like like we'll be cooking breakfast and if bacon's being made and I'm like, Yeah, I think you misunderstood me. I said all oh, the eggs and bacon. <laughs>
0: like Ron has so many iconic moments. Like there's one I forget what it is, but he's in a park somewhere and like someone tells him like that he can't do something. He's like, Oh, it's okay. I have a, like a note or something. And he gives them like a piece of paper that just has his handwriting going. I can do what I want or something. I don't know. It's like, (laughs) like Ron Swanson like Ron Swanson should be that character that you dislike because he's so like the say like typical all-americana like macho man who like likes his steak rare and doesn't get, you know, vegetarians and blah blah but there's just like he's so enjoyable because of how like miserable he is and his whole mission is that like he like he hates the government and so he decided to just get a job at the government to just waste people's time and show like how like his whole job there is ironic. Like he loves April because oh, yeah. she couldn't she couldn't give any shit about that job and that's why he like loves her working there. But I'm gonna say something that's really controversial, okay? You ready for oh, it? Oh no. Parks and recreations better than the office. I'll make the oh, rules here. Yeah. Okay. I'll make the rules here. I will say, no no, I do also love The Office and I will say that with Parks and Rec, the first season if you go back and watch it, the first season isn't say like that great cuz it's still say like establishing who these characters are. They had other characters that obviously didn't work and kind of got written out, like, say, in the second season. But once it hits that second season, it really finds its groove. Amy Poehler is freaking great. I mean, I just love how her character just – she loves Pawn E, like, so much. She loves her town, and, like, her little optimism is so infectious with the whole thing, and they're all just character. Kind of, like, as you said, Chris Pratt's character is an absolute, like, doofus, but, like, in a lovable way, and I, there's, first of all, there's so many memes, like, I had to teach my mom about the whole treat yourself day, and now my mom, like, references it all the time, like, treat yourself, and that's, a, like, that's the type of, mentality we need in life like I just love it uh freaking um the worst (laughs) like there's so many iconic moments in that freaking series
1: I think it's so funny that like even like Ron Swanson's like uh magical uh saxophone talents (laughs) it's a saxophone right like but i think uh i r l uh i i'm trying to think of what his uh what the actor's name is I can't think of it off the top of my head. he actually plays saxophone and what's funny is he may seem like like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think the word for it you know like uh, the villain like uh well what's his uh wife's what does his wife's name end up being all the time Oh, the Tammy. The yes. ta- one of the
0: Tammies is his wife in real life.
1: Yes, that's what I was gonna say. And I was watching one of those like interview things, and everybody was like, "This man has a case of the I love my wife," because every other like sentence was about how he loved his wife so much, <laughs> or, like talking about her, about how she makes the rules. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, and I was thinking, I was like, Ugh, Tammy. <laughs>
0: I just love that he has Tammy 1 and Tammy 2, like, and they're both terrible. Like, you have the one – I forget which one is which, but you have, like, the one Tammy who's, like, the really – the one who is his wife in real life, who's, like, really eccentric, and when they get together, they all, like, have hot sex and shit, and then you have the other Tammy who literally, like, drinks moonshine, and I think, like, Amy Poehler's character tries to go toe-to-toe with her and clearly does not <laughs> make it at all. <laughs> like,
1: no, you won't make it, basically. Like, you won't be able to survive this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and
0: I love, like, Again, like, so many great moments, like, with Pawn E, how, like, what was it one freaking episode was, uh, they tried to get, like, soda taxed or something, and they were like, no, we need, like, our, our <coughs> big gulps or something. Like, the town was always so resistant to any change, any positive change that she wanted to make. But I think, like, one of my favorites, I think, what did you say? Sipani was the worst. It was. Ooh, uh, uh, I know this and I love you. Um, but what uh, what you recall is I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, Paul Rudd was in it at one point. I don't know if you remember like Paul Rudd and her like ran against each other for some sort of like position in the town and like Paul Rudd's character was like you're really great I'm gonna vote for you and she's like aren't you gonna vote for yourself and he's like nah I'm the worst (laughs) the whole thing was just great I love that you put this down like Parks and Rec has such a like cozy little spot in my heart but I will admit one thing I've never watched the final season because I
1: have Well, that, but that's
0: what I'm saying. It's like I have such a problem when it comes to like, because the show, right? You watch it and you're like, I want to laugh. Like, as you said, I'm like, I don't want to feel things, right? And it got so emotional towards the end. Um, like, especially like, you know, Ron getting remarried was emotional. And Amy Pullers, I don't know why I'm like blanking on her name.
1: What was her name? I know. I'm having that problem too. I don't know what it is.
0: Someone pointed out online that A like Amy Puller's character, right? Her character's husband is better than Jim from the Office. And I was like, Oh, those are big words <laughs> But I think That's someone was saying those. that like, I think someone was saying that like Jim from the Office is in reality like a fuckboy. <laughs> And that's why, like, the guy from Parks and Rec is better because as soon as he laid eyes on Amy Polar, he was just like, mm-mm, nothing else matters the except for her calzones. For <laughs> he did love his calzones. He really tried. I don't know if he ever did it right, but he really tried with those calzones.
1: I know. Didn't he try to make, like, a dessert calzone, too? It didn't go well,
0: but, um, oh, and he loved Batman. Oh, no, one more thing before we move on. I remember the episode, like, I think it was his birthday or something, and she got him, like, a replica chair from Game of Thrones, and I think he, like, died of happiness. It was so cute. Like, he was so cute. Um, but, yes, I could keep going on and on and on, Brittany. This is a great pick. Good job.
1: Thank you. I was going to say also he was terrified of the cops. I, it
0: wouldn't surprising because he was kind of a bit of like a little bit of
1: a weenie if I remember he would get intimidated every time like like couldn't look them in the eye and always looking like really suspicious so they're like what's wrong with you and he's just like <laughs> the, just a little like cubs.
0: oh my god I love it um let's move on though just for the sake of like time management um I will get number nine And this uh, show is actually currently still going, and it just got renewed for a second season, and it's HBO's Raised by Wolves. Now, I will be the first one to say that I really dislike the name of the show. Um, If you actually watch the show, the name has nothing to do with the actual show whatsoever, and I think that the name does the show a disservice. So... Right away from the name of the show and the trailer, because I had seen the trailer for it, it didn't look like something that I would enjoy. And then I have HBO Max, and I was trying to figure out what to watch, and the at the time, the first three episodes – were on it, and I was like, oh, let me give this a watch. And, like, at first, it was, and I'll get into, like, what it actually is, but at first I thought, like, this is really weird. This is, like, really weird. But then as I kept going, it's like, you know what? This is actually, like, surprisingly good. Um, so Raised by Wolves is a Ridley Scott, and if you know Ridley Scott, he is the man behind the movie Aliens. Yeah. Um it, It's, like, a... If you like sci-fi, like you have to be a really huge like sci-fi fan. This is like advanced sci-fi. It's not like Altered <laughs> Carbon, wood. like that's sci-fi. Like this is real sci-fi. But the whole uh, thing is that humanity, at some point in the future, had a war with each other between um, the Christians, but they're not—they're not Christians actually. They—they they have like a. You can call them Christians even though, like, their religion is, like, something else. I forget what they believe in, but it's essentially Christianity. So for the sake of it, I'm going to just say Christianity. Um, So a war broke out between the Christians and atheists on Earth, and they pretty much destroyed, destroyed the Earth. So... One atheist um, sent these two androids to an abandoned Kepler planet that they believe could sustain life to essentially, um, like, bring these human embryos to life and raise them on this planet to essentially, like, repopulate some sort of planet, right? Yeah. Um And so you have these two androids, and they're literally referred to as mother and father. Their programming says that they are, you know, supposed to take care of each other, take care of these children. And, you know, at first they end up with six children, but through the course of the years, only one child survives because the other children got sick, and this child didn't get sick, right? So then during all of this, the androids start breaking down, and father is like, listen – um, the Christians escaped Earth as well, and they're, like, in this massive, like, you know, ship in space. And I know they're the enemies, but the war has ended, and you're a human, and you deserve to be with humans um, because we're breaking down, and soon we're not going to be able to take care of you. So the father um, android does a I, – I promise I'll go quickly with this. This is just, like, the laying yeah. the foundation. Um, the father sends a signal to the ship of the Christians, which really angers mother. And you find out that mother was originally a necromancer that an atheist just reprogrammed to be a nurturing android, but she still has that programming in her. Pretty much she goes on a fucking killing rampage once the Christians set down. She, like, goes into their ship. She fucking kills everyone and shit like really easily too right and she ends up killing pretty much all the adults but taking the children cuz she's getting like this real like nurturing thing with children so she's going to like raise the Christian children alongside with the one remaining child so it's this whole show of like it's terrifying you know, no, like the mother android, like, because she didn't realize who she was. You find out with her in the series, so it's like her finding out, like, her origins, the children finding out, like, who they are and what their purpose is, and then on top of all that, these other the Christians who are now survived and they're stranded on the same planet, them trying to get their children back, but, you know, obviously – needing to know how to rightfully do that because mother is like insanely powerful. Um, and the really cool thing is spoiler alert is that you find out these two characters who are on the Christian side, weren't always Christian. They were atheists, but because they saw that their side was the losing side, they decided to pretend to be Christian to integrate with the rest of the Christians. It's wild, but it's, actually is really good the way it like keeps going and it's just one of those things where it continuously pulls me into the story i didn't think i was gonna like it at all i it thought that it was very like say unrealistic but um i really like it so yeah i know i went on and on and on there but raised by wolves uh, despite me disliking the name of the show i really like the show
1: I wonder if it's called, called, by the way, I think this sounds great, and I have more to say on it, but maybe the title is, like, saying, like, raised by, like, like something secretly, like, not evil, but, like, with you saying, like, the necromancer and stuff, and I guess she would be considered a wolf and being raised by it, I guess, but
0: where they were going with it but to me like raised by wolves is something that like your Italian mom yells at you when you like leave the freaking cabinet door open like what were you oh, raised by wolves you know oh so gosh. it's like I can't, I can't like take that seriously
1: I think of Mowgli all the time from the jungle music. <laughs> but I was going to say this sounds great I, you know what I've noticed with Ridley Scott is that they um they almost have like this isolation theme, like like where there's only a few characters, and like most of them are gone, or like like okay, like was it aliens, right, there was just a ship with a small group on there and things slowly happen to them like this is like centered around you know basically three people until the other ones come around you know and saying like oh there was a group and a bunch died off there's always a theme of like a lot of people dying off and one survivor if that makes sense yeah and i kind of like that because sometimes it makes the plot simpler like not simpler but like more easy to okay it's kind of like game of thrones i love game of thrones but there's too many side plots going on for my brain to like focus on sometimes it's nice to just focus on one person and their story you know what i mean
0: the show to like surprise me because for the first episode right the majority of it is just showing the dynamic between mother and father with the, the children and then getting to, say, the sole surviving child of all the embryos. Um, so you think of it as one way and then towards the cause this like a lot of the shit believe it or not that I just said happens like within the first episode so I'm not really spoiling a lot um and it's only towards the end of the last of the first episode that like mother goes on a killing rampage and that shit is so gruesome but you weren't expecting it cause for like the first 40-50 minutes it's like oh it's all nice blah 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 and then suddenly it's like oh my god like like, what it the hell the just worst. happened <laughs> like she is not someone to uh to mess with at all
1: <laughs> I'm looking at pictures she looks terrifying she
0: is terrifying but it's like it's crazy because it's like she really does have this like nurturing sort of like um instinct with her right like, One of the children from the Christians that she takes in, um, because they're not, like, all super young, like, some of them are teenagers, and one of the girls is pregnant, and mother, like, really um, nurtures her saying things like, you know, you're a creator, I wish I could be a creator, you know, blah, 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 so she's very, like, in tune with that, but... Um, she definitely is not someone to mess with she definitely gets into the whole like don't mess with the mama bird sort of thing but it's interesting because it's like even though she and father have raised um the surviving child's name is Campion right and even though they've raised them to be atheists like Campion just instinctively has these like beliefs right like he prays at some point even though he wasn't ever taught about any sort of deity or anything but he like prays for you know if an animal gets sick or something he in fact tells father at some point that he doesn't want to eat meat because uh, you know the Christian kids told him that uh, you know animals don't go to heaven when they die and you know father's like there is no heaven like what are you talking about so it's like he instinctively is gay in way, but so, like, anyway, Father is so much, like, because he's a true, like, say, nurture bot, and he's very um, kind, like, he's much kinder, and he's much more sympathetic, and there's always this, like, power dynamic, especially once you figure out that Mother was formerly a necromancer, where, like, father is beginning to feel as if he's inadequate and mother beginning to also feel like she can't trust him to get shit done.
1: Now, is he the one with the beard? No,
0: that is, um, that's one of the Christian. Well, so that's the atheist who pretended to be Christian so that he could get aboard the big ship that was leaving earth. And, um, one of, and one of the children that mother has is one of his children um so yeah which is funny cuz that's i think i don't know the the guy's name but um he is uh what it he was oh god the lead on that show Vikings
1: I was sitting, I was like, man, he looks familiar. He kind of looks like Tom Hardy to me, like in the face. I was like, for a second, because I can't see him close enough, I was like, Tom Hardy's in this? But then I looked closer, I was like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. He looks a
0: little bit like a Tom Hardy, and then also, God, what is that guy who played Jax on Sons of Anarchy? Doesn't he kind of look like
1: him? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He played Raleigh in Pacific Rim. Oh, your uh, your favorite movie? <laughs> Such a good movie. And anything with giant robots is a uh, A plus in my book. Is a plus in your book? But yeah,
0: I really like this um frickin show. I think that a strange because it again it's strange, and I say that because. Like I'm not say the biggest fan of sci-fi, especially like that type of sci-fi, because it's just totally like wacky, right? But I don't know it. It touches upon a lot of those like human sort of um, elements, and I think it also is trying to make a statement, pretty much. Like like to me, I was telling Pauly, I go, why would they make? Uh, It's, like, I get they were at war, but it's, like, why would you make an android that is that powerful? Like, she can destroy a huge radius in seconds of just, like, screaming. And it's, like, why would you create that? And it's one of those things, like, it goes into the Jurassic Park thing where it's, like, they were focused so much on, like, if they could. They never, like, you know, explored if they should because it's, like, how do you stop that? There is no stopping that.
1: I was sitting there, I was like, maybe they are like, well, at least she could protect the kids. But I'm like, oh, that feels like risky for disaster.
0: It is a definitely a risk for disaster. But yeah, so my uh, number nine is going to be raised by wolves. Brittany, what is your number eight?
1: You know, I was thinking about this one, and I, I was trying to figure out if I wanted to put it on there, but I think I'm definitely going to. I'm going to say the uh, Golden Girls. And you'll oh, laugh my at God. <laughs> okay, <laughs> when you're a kid and your mom is like, let's watch the Golden Girls. Like, I put it off forever, forever. I remember mom would put it on the TV, like, while we were getting ready for school because they would do, like, reruns and all that while you're getting ready. And I was like, ah, I feel like I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. Because to, to little kid brain Brittany, it was why do I want to watch a show about three old ladies and their mama? You know what I mean? Cause at face value, right? Isn't that what it looks like? It's just three sisters going through life and their crazy mama. But the thing was, is that I used to find myself like slowly sitting on the bed. Cause mom would put it on in the bedroom and just like washing and watching, and mom would be like, "Okay, it's time to leave for school," and I'd be like, "No, no, 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 wait, whoa 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 and it would always suck, right? Because the way the rerun would work, I was never able to finish the episode because mm-hmm. you know you're like, "Oh, I got to live th- fifteen minutes before school," or you got to do thirty minutes, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, mom, wait, wait, <laughs> let me just watch this last part." But you know, you get so attached, like Blanche, Dorothy, Rosie, you know, it, like Rose. Sorry, I always call her Rosie. And so, did I say Sophia already? Did I say no, you I Okay, right, Sophia. You know, and going through the light, it was so funny. I was obsessed with Dorothy. And then we got Betty White from it. Come on now. But uh, I always thought it was funny that, uh, was the mom Rose or was mm-hmm. that uh, Sophia? I was a Sophia. Part. Okay, Sophia. I can't believe she was the youngest out of all of them.
0: I know, right? It was really strange.
1: I know. Maybe it was because she was so tiny and stuff, too. It's like a little frail old lady. But, uh, you know, when I was sitting there, there was one part. Like, uh, what did, uh, what did, uh, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who it was that they had some sort of prejudice and, like, they, to like, talk about it and, like, move on from that subject, like, in a way to, like, kind of, like, better. I always felt like those kind of shows always had, like, a lesson to teach, even if you weren't expecting it. And it was, like, a good, like, commentary on it and things normally, like, would go back to normal. But I, I don't I can't really pinpoint what I love so much about the show. I just didn't expect it to be good. And I think if it can even like reach like a little kid getting ready for school that it would definitely, you know, touch more for adults as they're watching it. And I just I did not expect it to be good. I was like I don't know to listen to three ladies bickering with like a laugh track. You know what I mean? Like I would rather be watching like Saved by the Bell or, you know, something like that and I I just felt myself just obsessed with it to the point that the Golden Girls theme, like when someone, like, um, I think, like, subs, like, right? I have the thank you for being a friend. <laughs> 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 I was so obsessed with the show. I still the song. I kind of want to sing it word for word. I ain't going to do that. But I could if I <laughs> wanted to. <laughs>
0: I love the Golden Girls. So, you know, Cindy and I had gotten into Sex and the City years ago, right? And we watched it, we finished it, whatever, right? And I remember her saying that she was watching Golden Girls. And I had, like, sort of, like, the same reaction that you did. Uh, Granted, I was, like, older, right? You know, in my, like, older teens where I was saying, why am I going to want to watch, like, a show about a bunch of old ladies, right? And Cindy's like... Cindy's like, no, Tia. She's like, it's like sex. It's like the original Sex in the City. It's like the, you know, MVP. She was like, Blanche is so funny. Sophia is so funny. Dorothy is so funny. Like, I was like, all right. And I started watching it, and I was just obsessed. It's hilarious. Like, it's so easy to watch. It's such an entertaining show. I love the dynamic between the four ladies. Just the fact that, like, uh, Sophia... like completely like roasts every single person in that show is hilarious to me. The looking back, Brittany, though, when you look back at uh, Golden Girls and you like do your research, n- none of those women were above the age of like fifty five right
1: and it's like in my head as a kid they were like 70 80 Uh,
0: yeah exactly like they look like because I guess back in the 80s that's how like old ladies looked where it's like that's not at all how they look nowadays and you're just like oh my god like they all look but they're they were so hilarious just The whole entire show, everything was just funny about it to me. It made me think, like, oh, wow, I can't wait till I'm, like, old and I can, like, go retire and live with, like, you know, three of my girlfriends and we'll have all these shenanigans and everything. Um, I just freaking thought that it was, like, hilarious. Um, And the thing is about, say, Golden Girls, right, is even though it had, like, for the most part it was a sitcom and it was funny. A lot of times it had some really say like serious episodes that I think took you by surprise,
1: right? Yeah. Like I I that's why I keep trying to think of what was that episode like where somebody did have like a sort of prejudice and like them teaching why it was wrong and kind of like, like giving that narrative, but I can't remember what it was about. What? I mean, there was one episode where, say,
0: Rose, um, I think she had, like, a blood transfusion or something like that, and the doctor was afraid that, um... The doctor had pretty much said that due to like some sort of contamination or something like that, that there was a possibility that after she had this blood transfusion, that she could have contracted HIV. And they're waiting on, and they're waiting on the results. And Rose says something along the lines of like, "I can't get this. I'm a good person." And I think Blanche is the one who says like Rose, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or not. It doesn't matter if you're gay or not. Like it's a disease, you know, like something that you're like, I can't believe that like a eighties sitcom about a bunch of old ladies would, you know, you know, at least teach the message that Like HIV isn't a disease for just gay people or, you know, that HIV, you know, doesn't discriminate of whether you're a good person or not. So I was like, I can't believe like I'm like good. Right. But you can't believe that you're watching a show and they're actually, you know, driving that message home.
1: I, 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 you're you're right though that was the i think that was the one i was thinking of but i couldn't put my finger on it i was like man especially because um, i can't remember is, is the golden girls from the late 80s or was it the yeah. early 90s okay no, really. no, it was i'm trying to think i think it's hard sometimes when you watch the reruns as a kid because you're like Oh. It's like you ever watch like a Disney movie and you're like, I love this one like Snow White and you go, This was made in the forties or the fifties and you're like, Ooh, I thought it was, you know, current time. But uh, I was gonna say, especially with the outbreak in the eighties, you know, but that was that's probably what a I'm saying, to like, here. Yeah. That's what I'm
0: saying. Um there was also this like one episode is super serious where Sophia like met up with a friend and the friend like had some, was, like, getting old and, like, didn't want to get old or something. And, like, I think she had some sort of, like, ailment or whatever. And she, like, wanted Sophia to, like, be there essentially as she, like, killed herself. And, you know, Sophia, like, with the whole episode of going back and forth of, like, trying to be a good friend and, like, what that meant, you know, like... You know, is it her friend's decision or should she try and stop her? And she had this like really great speech at the end to the friend. And I was like, how is it that the show is so hilarious, like 99% of the time, but then has these episodes sprinkled in where you're like, I'm going to (laughs) cry.
1: I am like, these, uh, these older ladies shouldn't be touching my heartstrings. <laughs> these older ladies shouldn't be touching my heartstrings.
0: No, I agree. I love the Golden Girls. I was not expecting you to put that on the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For me, it was just so unexpected. Who who knew? Who knew, Tia?
0: I could still watch that to this day. Like, to me, that's a classic. It does not get old. <sighs> Meh.
1: I was going to make a joke about, but they did. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to leave it.
0: Wait, what?
1: I was going to make a joke because you said it doesn't get old. And I, I was going to say something about like, oh, but they did. Like, uh... gotta...
0: <laughs> Brittany, Bad girl. <laughs> um, But great choice for number eight. I am going to go with number seven. Um. I feel like I'm putting just putting, like, sci-fi shows on my list now, but the show that I'm going to talk about is, I think I've mentioned it before, um, but it's a Peacock, which is, like, I still hate that that is the name of the streaming service, like, who thought that was a good idea? But uh it's a Peacock original and it's called Brave New World. Now Brittany, I've told you about Brave New World oh before my God, obviously. Yes. But it's another sci-fi uh show. Although admittedly, like I thought Brave New World was pretty like sci-fi-ish, but then I watched like but then Raised by Wolves was like, Hold my beer. <laughs> 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 um Brave New World is based on a book from back in, like, the 30s or 40s. I forget who wrote it. I'm not even going to try. But it takes place in the future in a society called New London where you have all of these people who are no longer, say – Produced by actual say humans they're more so produced by artificial embryos everyone has a class system where you're either a alpha alpha plus you know like stuff like that beta gamma. Whatever, whatever. Um, and the entire society runs on extreme polygamy, and the fact that ev- the fact that everyone's high like all the time. Like I realized that, like, oh, what are they taking? Because they have like this like little yeah. pill that they take, soma. And you realize as you sit down, you're like, they're pretty much just taking, like, happy pills all day long. Um, No wonder their moods are so evened out, right? Right. Um, But things get really interesting when two of the characters, uh, Bernard and Lenina, go to, quote-unquote, the Savage Lands, a.k.a. uh, rural America, in the most, like, redneck stereotype ever. And – pretty much see what the real world is out there. They bring back uh, one of the quote-unquote savages to uh, New London, and he pretty much disrupts the entire system, makes uh, where people are thinking. um, Oh, God, what were they called? The Exelons or something? Like, now I'm drawing a blank. Epsilon. Epsilon, right? The Epsilons are pretty much like, the low, th- the low-ranking workers who are people in New London pretty much say like, oh, they don't think they're the workers, right? But John starts like treating them as if they're people because they are, they're people, right? And it pretty much gives way to a rebellion that eventually happens. But pretty much his like injection into New London disrupts the whole thing. He starts getting lenina. Um, Stop taking the Soma so that she can start free-thinking. One of the other characters um, starts, like, seeing how, you know, there's so many other feelings out there that they should be feeling but that are, you know, being repressed. Bernard starts questioning himself, and then there's, like, this bigger thing at hand that, like, oh – there's so much, but it's really good. I was not expecting to like it. The first episode, at least the first half of the episode, I wasn't really feeling it. And then I just, I, I really enjoy Brave New World. So I, it's surprisingly good. And I really hope it gets um, renewed for a second season because the first season ended off on quite a, uh, like, ooh, what's going on now? <laughs> I wouldn't say cliffhanger. It was. It didn't end off on like a cliffhanger, but it definitely ended off of like, oh, oh, okay, things are gonna go in a certain
1: direction now. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was so when you told me about it, I was like. I did have a moment where it reminded me like uh, do you remember back in like early fan fiction days people were obsessed with like uh, that that type of AU with the alpha, beta uh, omega and yeah. all that and I felt like it really fed on that kind of like system though because the alphas in that kind of like AU world were kind of like this where they're like the top dogs and they get what they want and everybody else is basically made to serve them in a way and it really like reminded me of that
0: yeah it definitely I mean because the thing is based on a book from like the 30s you can even make the argument that maybe that whole like fan fiction AU thing originated from that because I did look and see that like in the 70s or something they did like a brave new world movie it looks terrible of course as did most of the things that came out in the 70s but um frickin what was i gonna say yeah it's like that like you have the alphas and you know there's even a scene between bernard and lenina where he's like oh well you know how could we expect you to understand you're just a beta it's not your fault and she kind of like sits there and she's like i'm a beta plus like but you kind of find out like the (laughs) but she You kind of find out that the position of the betas is just pretty much to be, like, these, like, sex dolls. Like, they are supposed to be passed – which sounds, like, really bad, but they're, like, supposed to be passed around, you know, to the alphas and each other, like, all the time. But you pretty much, like, see that this, like, constant, like, having sex prevents them from having any sort of, like, say, meaningful relationships, which – pretty much has them always in this like state of just uh like numbness, right? That way they never rebel. There's never like any sort of like push for anything because they're all just kind of like just partying all the time and that's like the purpose of that.
1: It's kind of sad. It is sad
0: because, uh, you know, from face value, I'm sure people would be like, "Oh man, a society where there's like orgies every single night,
1: what?"
0: what? And it's like, no, you see, it's like it's not, it's not fun. It's uh it's kind of depressing.
1: It's a little sad. It's a little sad.
0: But I really like this show. I think it's surprisingly good. And I think what I love most about it is, first of all, like I like the actor Harry Lloyd. Um, who played Viserys on Game of Thrones, and I feel that not enough people know him. And, of course, if you do know him, you're like, oh, he played that shithead in Game of Thrones. But, to me, I thought that he was, like, the standout in the show. But, of course, everyone, you know, was focused on the heartthrob John, played by uh, Alden East Eisenberg or something, or I forget his, like, last name, but he played young Han Solo in that solo Star Wars uh, movie, and, you know, everyone concentrates on him because he's, you know, the quote-unquote pretty boy, but um, to me, I thought that Bernard, the character played by Harry Lloyd, was certainly the standout.
1: I am going to say, I I like that uh, with all the alphas, you know, supposed to be big and tall and stuff, that he's basically, like, the, um, the quote-unquote defective one in a way it makes him more like relatable I think
0: well, that's pretty much what they keep saying, like, because, again, these all these embryos are artificially made. So it's like they're injected with, you know, whether they're going to be an alpha, beta, gamma or whatever. Um, so even though he was, you know, biologically an alpha plus, a lot of people call into question if he's really an alpha plus. And they allude at some point that something had happened to his embryo um that made him because and there are times throughout like the show that he'll be like i'm an alpha plus and people will be like but are you really so i'm like that's oh. messed up poor guy poor guy but um brittany let's move on what is your number six
1: um i'm trying to think uh, okay this one's gonna be a little controversial and but i'll but i'll explain why i'm gonna go with the boys and the reason why, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain. Because, one, I didn't know an Amazon original could be that good. That's one <laughs> of my things. I know it's going to seem weird, but, you know, we had had, like, where Hulu was having, like, theirs. We have Netflix. We have HBO. And you think of these big budgets, right? Big budgets to make, like, oh, Netflix originals, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people talk about it. But I remember there wasn't much I was watching on Amazon. Like, I have never been like, oh, you know, that great show on Amazon. And normally was like, hey, you know that show I like, you know, well, uh, you know, it got put on Amazon like a movie, right? Mm -hmm. But when the voice was starting to come out, I was like, well, that's a really neat idea. But I didn't expect it to become so freaking big to the point, like uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, he just got a, a big sponsorship deal to like promote the boys. And I was like, Oh, that's not even a YouTuber. I thought they would like, you know, that they like that edgy humor. And I guess it's like, I don't know what I was expecting, but the beginning scene when he's with like, the main characters with like the love of his life and they're standing on the sidewalk and, and then oh, what's his name? When he runs like straight through her, can, I, can we like collectively say like the air left our bodies where we're like, oh, what just happened? Cause they didn't allude to that. That wasn't in the trailers. Like, I, like, I don't not remember. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't remember her from the trailers. Cause we talked about this show. Right. We were like, Oh, I wonder, you know, like what really jump starts it. You know, how does this kid get involved? And you realize the freaking soup ran straight through her. I think he even jokes about like finding teeth on him later or, you know, like, oh, it took so long to get clean, you know, and realizing these soups are freaking like psychopathic, like. And it touches, like, on so many, like, hard-hitting things, like what happens to uh, Starlight with, uh, oh, I'm forgetting their names. Their names are, like, escaping me. Uh, The Deep. Was that his name? The Deep. (laughs) The Deep, which for his name is very uh, disturbing. But uh, for his actions, I mean. But he, he's they're all kind of just they're just scary because you think it is a very realistic uh what you know superheroes can't be 100 percent good all the time and especially you, you would have to think they would be egotistical they would look down on humans and it's like they're heroes but are they really so I guess like I was just very surprised I guess sometimes I was like I'll go with the theme of this I was very surprised about how good it was because I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna pander a lot I thought it was gonna be like oh we'll just get the comic crew in because you know yeah we really want the money off of this because you know with Marvel and everything having such a big push and you know The Boys was its own comic. I was like, oh, are they going to pander? Are they just trying to make a quick buck? But it's really good.
0: I will say that I was also surprised at how good it was. Because when you first watch, like, the trailers and, you know, even say, like, the first episode, I mean, come on. They're all, say, like, knockoffs, right? Homelander is a knockoff Superman. Queen Maeve is a knockoff uh, Wonder Woman. And their costumes are kind of cheap, right? So it's like, but then you all realize that it's all really done as, like, say, a parody and a commentary on, like, superheroes. But I love, like, I love the flipping the script and saying that these superheroes are all assholes and you kind of like think about it's like yeah you know what if superheroes were a thing they probably would be ran by a freaking multi-billion dollar organization like Vought right they probably would have a ton of PR surrounding them um and telling them where to go and what to do and you know doing all these press releases and blah 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 right I mean you think about it and you're like that is probably how it would happen. And if they're being told about how great they are all the time, they get really egotistical thinking they can do whatever they want. Like, I remember in season one, remember, Brittany, they had that one scene where. Um, all like survivors of like soup accidents were in a circle talking and like one was saying like how she was happy that you know uh hollander like saved her but he wished that she didn't crush he didn't crush her spine in the process leaving her like paralyzed and shit and you're like oh that's messed up um but you're not I, I know for a fact you're not watching season two right now. Season two is, like, getting even more violent, even freaking crazier. Like, Homelander was scary as hell in the first season. But not only is he ter- even more terrifying in the second season, but there's another terrifying character and because he is has a rivalry with her, it makes him even more terrifying, but she's terrifying. Like, have you seen anything online about the character Stormfront?
1: Yes, I've seen a couple of clips of her, and she, she terrifies me. She's, no lie.
0: She's fucking terrifying. Like... Absolutely terrifying, and I read that in the comics, it's a thing that Stormfront is, like, the second most powerful soup right after Homelander. So, it's like, you introduce someone like that, and it's like, holy shit, and she is racist as fuck. Like, well, because in the, so, in the comics, the character Stormfront is actually a guy, so they gender-bent the character, but in the comics, the character is, like, a Nazi, like, a legit, like, Nazi part of, like, the Aryan, like, race and everything, blah, 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 like, all of that. And the character, Stormfront, in episode three, spoiler alert, I guess, for anyone who hasn't watched it, but she, like, literally, she's after, um, you remember in the first season, the female She's, like, literally called the female, the Um, uh, Kamiko. So Stormfront is after Kamiko's brother, right? And there was no reason at all, but Stormfront decided that, you know what? I'm just going to destroy and kill all of these African-American families in this uh, low-income building. Because fuck it, right? And then once she gets Kamiko's brother, she literally calls him like the what? Like literally calls him like a yellow bastard.
1: And it's like what? And you sit there and you're like what? What the fuck? I was like saying, like for for her name, I've typed in Stormfront, like just hoping like it the- would bring her up.
0: No. It's a Nazi thing.
1: It's like, it's a, a an internet site. It, like, it's short for it. it's a white nationalist, white supremacist, yeah. anti-Semitic, Holocaust denialist, and neo-Nazi internet film. And the web's first major racial hate site. And everything that brings, like, I can't, like, I feel weird having this on my search history because it, like. I-
0: Someone pointed that out. Someone was, like, online, like, she's not called Stormfront because her powers are, like, you know, thunder and lightning. She's called Stormfront because of her, like, neo-Nazi ties, and if you look at her costume, look at her belt, it's the same eagle or bird or whatever that's used in the Nazi, like, uh, symbols,
1: I feel very scared of her now. I feel feel very intimidated. She's
0: so scary. So her and Homelander do not like each other. Well, um, something happened at the end of episode five, so maybe they do like each other now, but they didn't like each other, and that was very terrifying.
1: She's just like, I, I, you know what, I, like, I heard people talk about her. I was like, oh, I wonder if I'd like this character. But I think you just answered my question, Tia. Thank you.
0: You know, it's great, though. Like, So I'm sorry, getting back to where you're saying, like, the boys is surprisingly good. Like, I really like where they're going with season two because it's not just, say, the boys and Starlight who are looking to take down Vaught. Um. Spoiler alert! And I hope you don't mind me telling you this, Brittany. No, but okay. uh, they, they have, they don't, they don't know it yet. But you know that this is where it's going to go. Queen Maeve wants to take Homelander down. Like she is pissed because Homelander outed her on national television. Like said that she was gay, and he's she like, "Did this to who?" Remember Queen Maeve. Like, yes. you know, oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: He like said on like a talk show where he was like, "Oh, and in case you didn't know, because he found out about Queen Maeve's, like, remember the her ex." the woman, he, like, found out about her, and he said it on national TV, and he's been, like, forcing Queen Maeve to, like, do this whole, like, you know, pride thing, you know, and blah, blah, blah. like, just the way it is, and she's like, I am so sick of fucking Homelander, she's like, when are you gonna stop torturing me? And she's like, I'm gonna take that motherfucker down.
1: Oh, shit. I'm glad that she's, like, getting her, like, own arc with that, and, like, the, the commentary even on that.
0: There's so much commentary on it, like, um, what Shuma you know, calls it, they're trying to, like, push Queen Maeve to, you know, uh, be part of, like, the LGBT, you know, face for superheroes, even though she's like, I don't want to have this, like, much of a spotlight on me, and they're like, uh, you know, they're like, as a gay superhero, blah, 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 and, like, some of uh, her like ex-girlfriend who's there points out she's like you know Mave is bi right and they're like oh gay is just much simpler to say you know and even like that I feel like was supposed to be a commentary there on like the boys just does everything it can to just like be so relevant all the time
1: that's even like uh the guy that uh oh the guy that plays Joe McMillan what's his name the actor. Oh, Lee Pace? Lee Pace, when he got outed, and even he said, like, a big reason not wanting to get outed is he, didn't, he wasn't ready to be a voice because, you know, with him coming out and him being famous, he would be put more in that spotlight, and that's what kind of makes me think of with uh, Maeve. Right. right. I
0: don't know why I have to keep calling her, like, Queen Maeve. I'm like, because she's a queen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am trying to remember. I was like, it's a queen Maeve, and I was like, I'll just call her Maeve.
0: Brittany, I still can't watch that airplane scene, though. Oh,
1: please, don't <laughs> okay. talk about it. I don't to talk about <laughs> it. I forgot it even happened, because I pushed it so far in my mind. I literally felt my body cringe as you said it.
0: Brittany had... Um, I think you were watching a little faster than I was, and you were like Tia – there's a plane scene and in episode four that's crazy, and I'm like, I don't know if you remember, in the first episode of season one is when Homelander, like, pretty much, like, lasers that one plane in half where there's, like, what, that one guy who disagrees with him, and his, like, kid is on board, and I'm like, I don't know, Brittany, that was pretty crazy. I don't know how you could top that, and then I watched and I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it just felt like it was long and drawn out and depressing and, like, I guess it's, like, I don't know. I guess I just think about, like, how horrific it is, and I feel like with, like, it... I feel like us as a country have a very sensitive spot when it comes to planes, and so like I guess that was also what struck a nerve. And I was just like, oh, it just felt terrifying how bad it is. Like this big plane of people unsuspecting, and then you know, well, in yeah. You
0: put yourself in their, like, position. You're like, shit, that would be terrible. I will say, though, the one thing about that scene was that it totally, like, blew a hole in the whole, like, Superman logic. Because, remember, wasn't Maeve, like, can't you just, like, guide the plane down? And Home Runners, like, at the speed that this is going, like, it'll just snap in half. And I'm like... That is so true because it's, like, we see, like, Superman always, like, you know, carrying a um, plane or even in the Justice League movie where you see Superman carrying, like, a whole building. And it's, like, you sit there and you're, like, yeah, that doesn't, like, physically – like, that that kind of goes against physics. And Homelander kind of pointed that out there.
1: Well, he goes – you know, she's, like, well, can't you get up underneath the plane and lift it? And he's, like – I have nothing underneath me to basically oh, push off of, you know, like to have like something to lift from. It'd be like during a squat in the middle of the air, you go, well, and you're like, well, what's causing him to fall?" And you're like, I don't know, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah,
0: I, I can't think that hard into it. I don't know shit like that, but yeah, which is crazy that they make it that, um, Maeve can't fly, because if she's supposed to be, like, a carbon copy of, like, Wonder Woman, can't Wonder Woman
1: fly? Yeah, yeah, she can. Which is funny, though,
0: because Joanne just pointed out that um, in the recent movies with Gail Godot, she doesn't fly. She jumps. But she's like a Jessica Jones. She can jump really high, but she can't fly. And I'm like, I never realized that, that, like, the current live-action Wonder Woman doesn't fly. And I'm like, that's kind of going against everything we've ever watched in the cartoons or in comic books. right? But um I love you putting the boys on this list. Uh it's is definitely a surprisingly good show. I'm going to go with number 5 and I am going to put down Doom Patrol. Um if you oh want to talk gosh.
1: about oh, my comic book uh, <laughs> uh oh, no.
0: Well, also on that like weirdest fuck. Like uh, shit cuz To me, I don't think that any show gets weirder than Doom Patrol. Like, you know, the Umbrella Academy, you know, has its quirkiness. The boys has its, like, strangeness. Doom Patrol is just weird as hell, and they embrace every ounce of being weird. Like, in reality, you're like, why would a show like this even work, right? it's literally it's literally a show about a robot man a guy in like mummy wrappings a girl who's like elastic and shit like you know it should not work and it's so great i love doom patrol i love doom patrol so much like i love how fucking weird it is that it has not only does it have episodes where there's a literally giant eyes in the sky or a blue unicorn head you know um a blue mystical unicorn head comes out from like a piece of wood or the fact that you have a giant cockroach and a giant mouse like making out or some shit like that it's so weird exactly. But it's so good. I love Doom Patrol. I can't. I can't. And Doom Patrol just got renewed for a third season, which will premiere exclusively on HBO Max. So that's dope as shit. But I just love Doom Patrol. Um, I love this, like, little merry band of misfits that they have here that are so not superhero material at all, but them, in fact, have all been in accidents that have left them all very, you know, in some way or another disfigured and them just trying to navigate through this world and see where their place is pretty much in it.
1: Like, I think from, like... What I love so much about is you're right, it's like they are such like misfits. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Like No, they
1: So, go ahead. No, they just say like it definitely is much more different than say like even the boys and like or Justice League or anything else where it's like they are they're just so weird. Is that okay to say? They're just weird. That's not a bad thing. They're just weird.
0: No, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they embrace how like weird it is, right? Like they don't try to make it realistic or they don't try and tone it back or anything like that. Like they literally have a non-binary street, Danny the street, who is one of the best characters in the freaking show. And you're like, but they're a street. (laughs) They're a literal street, but yet you love Danny. You're like, I love Danny. Or you have mystery. Explain that for me. A street. Like Danny the street. Like a street. Like a street that you, like, drive cars on. A street.
1: Hey, I just had to verify what you said to make sure I wasn't crazy. That's wild. Yeah,
0: you literally have a character called Danny the street who is a sentient non-binary uh, moving street that characters live in and the street communicates with all of the characters with, like, various, like, letters on, say, their windows and stuff like that. Um, You have Flex Montalo, who can literally control things by flexing his muscles. And in one episode, accidentally causes everyone on Danny the street to have an orgasm. So, there you go. Um, So, this is a
1: lot. It's so
0: much. It's so much. But I love it so much. I love this freaking show. It's so freaking weird. Um, But, okay, so, like, on top of it being weird, right, it has so many emotions to it. Like, you have Cliff, right, who played by Brendan Fraser, was this race car driver in the 80s who was pretty much the epitome of, like, just a pig right you know he cheated constantly on his wife he was drinking all the time doing drugs just a mess and he becomes this robot from an accident that rids him of his body and him trying to like navigate through life of like Trying to figure out how to be a better person now that literally all of his, like, senses have been ripped from him, but also having to deal with the fact that, like, his brain is still there, so he feels like he needs all this release, and he can't release because he's a robot, you know, he can't feel anything, um... Or you have Jane who has sixty-four personalities, and it's like it all stunts. You know, they say in general, people with multiple personality disorder always stems from like a childhood trauma. And like dealing with that, but dealing with all of the personalities, you know, or Rita, who is a 1950s starlet who was honestly not that great of a person and now has to deal with that. Like it's just so good. I can't like there's so much I can say about this show, but I just love these little assholes and they know that they are not superhero material. Like Cliff always makes the joke of where. He's like, can't we just call Aquaman or something like that? Because they live no. within, like, the <laughs>
1: universe. I love this shit. I love Doom Patrol. I say, like, I, it's so weird. But, like, when it first came out and you kind of talked about it and I was seeing the trailers, I was like, okay, this looks a little weird. It looks good, but it looks weird. And I watched it, I was like, Oh, it embraces it. Like it embrace like there's even a moment where like the villain says he's like, Oh god, we're gonna get cancelled, like we're gonna oh, get
0: that uh- that was my favorite thing because in the first season Mr. Nobody was um narrating it and he was like, Oh, who cares what critics think? They're gonna hate this show
1: <laughs> Right. right. He's like, oh, I love that kind of, like, fourth wall break. I feel like that's become more popular with Deadpool moving more into the main Like, uh, by the way, if I sound funky, my allergies are crazy right now. My nose is completely just, like, gone. So don't make fun of me.
0: But I love making fun of you.
1: Fair enough.
0: You wouldn't (laughs) be like my sister if not. I'm joking. I'm joking, but yeah. So Doom Patrol is going to be number five on this list. I can go on and on and on forever, but I will stop myself. Brittany, what is your number four?
1: I'm gonna go with uh, Scrubs. Have you oh seen Scrubs? My God.
0: So okay, I used to watch Scrubs back in the day, but as with a lot of things, I've never seen the final episode because, again. Not the final episode, the final season, because, again, it's one of those things where it started off funny, like, ha-ha, and then it just had all these really serious episodes. Like, okay, really quick before you go in, do you remember the episode with Brendan Fraser when his character died yes. because of, like, a frickin' nail infection? No.
1: No. No. <laughs> I was like, like um, I, this is my problem. I have such trouble remembering, like, characters' names but is that the one where he keeps hallucinating that the guy's still alive and, like, uh, stop, yes, because he because do- I think that I think that was, what, his,
0: like, ex-wife's brother or something? Like, that was his, like, former brother-in-law?
1: That would be so hard. Oh, there's another one, like... Uh, one of like the main nurses, she like that was like older. I think she like gets hit by a car or gets like in a bad accident, and they're taking care of her, and then she just dies. Like they like something goes wrong and she oh. dies. At- Is that the – or what
0: about the old lady who everyone thought was going to be okay and that she was going to get released from the hospital, and then they show how, like, a simple infection from someone entering the hospital without having, like, washed their hands got transferred to her and, like, kills her. See, this is what I'm saying. Scrubs got really dark a lot of times.
1: (laughs) One janitor hated – Oh, was it JD or JT? I'm trying to remember what the main character. It was
0: like JD or something like that.
1: I forget. <laughs> like, but like he hated him, and that's like a more main reason why he disliked him. Like, because I think it like oh, it was because he lied about it. He thinks this whole time it's, like, oh, about, oh, he messed up the elevator or did something right, but really it was the, the whole reason the janitor hate him was not because he did it, it was because he lied about it and he could not stand lying, and you find that out later. You think, like, this whole thing, and he's like, he wanted to make sure he was a good person, and it's, like, the whole thing was, like, funny, and it's, like, But also, I think it was good to show, like, the stresses that come from something like that, like, how hard those, like, nurses and doctors are worked, like, especially in, like, a big hospital. And because I think sometimes we, like, take for granted how hard those people work, especially right now with everything going on. And I was just like, man, I was like, it was so funny, but it was so sad. I'm so tired of these sad shows making me feel um
0: one of my favorite things about scrubs was Dr Cox and I don't know if you remember scrubs was out during the same time house was out yes. and there was and there were so many like uh similarities between Dr Cox and House that one day scrubs even like decided to joke about where Dr. Cox is like this isn't like house where you know at the end someone's going to come in the grumpy old man's going to come in he's going to save the day he's like sometimes people die like you know and he was just like so like out loud and shit but he was like legitimately a good person i don't know if you remember but JD's brother was played by Do- uh by Tom Kavanaugh, the same guy who played Harrison Wells on the flash
1: No, no. By the way, quick thing. When I was little, Dr. Cox was my first, like, one of my first crushes, like, on a TV person. (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Me too. (laughs) Why why do I like assholes? Why do I like bad people? Like, he was not bad people, but, you know, he wasn't the nicest person.
0: He wasn't the nicest person. He was the asshole with a heart of gold, though, because he, like... I think he had – said like, he's such a a dick, right? But he did legitimately want to help people because I don't know if you remember, he had such a thing against, like, private practice doctors because he was like, oh, you get to choose who you want. You get to choose your hours, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was like, meanwhile, we're in the emergency room working our asses off. We don't choose. You know, we work these late nights, like – he had such a thing against, like, private practice doctors, and I think that stems from him, like, he didn't want the glory of, say, being a doctor. He didn't go into it for, like, big flashy cars or anything. He went into it legitimately to save people. He was just an asshole.
1: was <laughs> <laughs> a little weathered from everything, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, I loved freaking Scrubs. Like, I loved jd JD and Turk, and Turk friendship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So pure. Like such a pure friendship.
1: Man, I wish I had a good friendship like that. How?
0: Oh, don't even. <laughs>
1: That's not nice, Brittany. They're all
0: gonna—they're all gonna think that we're not friends. <laughs> we're best friends. We'll be best friends forever, right? Yeah, forever. <laughs> but um, I loved Scrubs. Why do you think? Uh, why was it surprisingly good?
1: Because my my thing was this. I didn't expect like a show about a hospital to be able to be funny, especially cause you said around the time, like with house, you know, it was like this dark grungier and, you know, you had Grey's Anatomy. And I think for me, I was like, Oh great. Another. And I remember when it was on comedy central, I would avoid it because I was like, I don't need another like hospital thing. I don't need another like, Oh, this stuff is happening. This is happening. You know what? I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, I thought it was just going to be another medical show. Even though it was coming on on Comedy Central, I didn't think it would be good or be able to make a funny twist on, like, stuff going on in a hospital.
0: I can see that. I can see that where it's like, oh, God, do we need another medical thing? Because as you said, like, medical shows were huge at some point, especially with the whole uh, Grey's Anatomy. There was also that show ER. Um, So I think that, there was definitely, like, this spike in medical shows, but um, Scrubs was great. Scrubs was, like, definitely from a simpler time in life, right? Like, you're We're just so a kid. You're just watching Scrubs. You're seeing J.D. and Elliot get together and break up every two seconds. Like, they freaking went back and forth constantly. I'm like, you guys are giving me whiplash here. <laughs> Give
1: me Whiplash.
0: <laughs> come on tell me like they didn't like constantly get together constantly break up and it's like okay make a decision one or the other
1: <laughs> i know and this is like i also like like um they would talk about like friendships and stuff and how like and then they would go and date other people and just having like that awkwardness of like a work relationship yeah
0: yeah, no, I, I totally agree, but I loved Scrubs, um, I heard that it got a little weird after a while,
1: um, the why it was because they got canceled, like, three times, and so they would have to, like, put together an ending, and then try to pull back from that ending, I think the first ending was, like, really good, if I remember correctly, uh, and there was another one, but, like, when they just canceled, like, three times and they had to end it three times, it was kind of like, oh, we wrapped up everything. Oh, we got to restart everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
0: didn't they do, like, the whole thing? Like, one of the characters, um, her character, like, died, and then they were like, but here's her evil twin sister or something. It's like, wait, what? Why does Scrubs, like, need to do that? Right? Yes. Like, that was just weird to I, I me.
1: I heard about that. That is weird.
0: Yeah, it was, well, that's what I had heard, but it's, like, I think in, like, the last season or something like that. And that's why I think, I think the thing with Scrubs is that it did stay on a little too long than it should have. But, you know, when something's, like, a good thing, you don't want to stop the train. But either way, I have such great fond memories of Scrubs and you should definitely uh try to see if you can look up the ones with JD and his brother because Tom Cavanaugh plays like the older brother who like clearly is kind of a bit of a loser but he's kind of like really funny um he's just like just uh going nowhere in his life but uh I love him anyway let's
1: okay okay I'll look it up
0: Let's get down to number three and I am going to put as a surprisingly good T V show, IZombie. Um and I say that because what'd you say? I said that's a gun. Um When I first saw the advertisement for iZombie on the CW, because this is when I was, like, really into watching The Flash, I was like, this looks stupid. The name is really dumb, iZombie. Um, It's about, you know, a talking zombie navigating through life, whatever. I was, like, not into it, right? And then um, so the first season wrapped up. It got put on Netflix. I remember I had literally nothing to watch I was like oh my god like what do I watch I'm going through Netflix and it kept like advertising iZombie and I'm like let me see what this show is about who I binged the first season like I think within like two days I loved it and at that point is when then the CW was coming back with a second season I was like okay nice um it's surprisingly (laughs) It's surprisingly good. You have Rose McIver as Liv Moore who, you know, talking about medical professionals, her character was, you know, on her way to becoming a doctor, you know, had the dreamy fiancé, you know, everything was going right in her life. And then she decides to have a little fun and go to a boat party where everyone kind of breaks out into a rage zombie mode. She gets scratched and becomes a zombie. So now she has to live with this new life of thinking that she's the only one and she has to eat brains in order to survive. And the thing is, is that when she eats brains, it's very kind of like warm bodies, right, where she gets the memories of the brains that she eats. But she decides because, you know, she's kind of disgusted with herself. She has to eat human brains. So she figures if she has to do this. She's going to, first of all, work at a morgue. But it's going to be the city morgue, and she's going to use her, like, abilities, I guess you would say, (laughs) um, to help solve these, like, murder mysteries, essentially. So it's like you get this, like, show that's, like, a murder mystery on top of, like, a zombie uh, show, and it just really transforms from there. We, of course, meet Blaine, played by David Anders, who is, like – The best, like, bad guy. Like, the asshole that he's an asshole, but you always want him to be around to be an asshole. Who pretty much who's also a zombie and sees this whole thing as an opportunity to make a business. And pretty much Blaine I think is like responsible for most of the people in Seattle becoming zombies cuz he wanted them to all become his clients. He's like, "Hey, here, I'll kill people and get their brains for $25,000 a month that you could pay me." It's like, "What?"
1: Oh, <laughs> He was literally a monster. Like, at first I was like, oh, he's forgivable. I mean, he's beautiful. This is fine. And the more I watched, I was like, no. <laughs> no.
0: I love him. I can't sucker for a good bad guy. Um, But I just love Aizami because the ca- it's... It's really about the characters, right? Like, Liv is great. I love Ravi. uh, Clive. Major was okay, honestly. And Peyton was okay.
1: But, you know.
0: (laughs) But, you know, you had Blaine, who is just, like, so personable. And then just all these characters. Like, again, the whole show, to me really was, like, the relationship between Liv, Ravi, and Clive. Like, I just loved their entire, like, whole dynamic. I loved in the show that it goes from, like, this little thing where it's, like, there's only one or two zombies and not everyone knows to, like, I'm telling you, Brittany, I was watching the second season in, like, real time, and it was at this point that Clive didn't know about Liv being a zombie, and you're sitting, and you're like, when is Clive going to find out? Because Ravi knows, Major knows, Peyton knows, like, everyone knows, and it's like, Clive is still in the dark, but it's like, you know, um Liv is doing things to, like, behind the scenes try and save Seattle, Seattle from being overrun by zombies, but, like, Clive doesn't know, so she just thinks that he's, like, that she's, like, betraying him, you know, and yeah. I... I will never forget the scene where Liv goes to his apartment, to Clive's apartment, and is like, I have something to tell you. And we're like, and I was sitting there like, please tell him that you're a zombie. Please tell him that you're a zombie. And at first first she pulls the whole, Major's a zombie. And you're like, oh, fuck, okay, You, you did halfway, and Clive, like, don't get it, right? And then she just takes a knife, and he's like, what are you doing? And she just stabs herself in the heart to show, and, like, her eyes go
1: red, and I was, like, oh, my God, she showed that she is inside me. <laughs> oh, my God, I, I, I'd be, like, uh, you know, they're like, a little dramatic, but she's got the spirit, Just- she's got this fear you know
0: she had she had to because clive was like i don't know what type of drugs you're on <laughs> what are you saying because clive was a very like practical person you know he was like he only believes what he can see right in front of him so he was just like yeah okay mm-hmm. uh it was so good there was so many great moments in that whole entire series but i okay i'm sorry i loved like Obviously, you had the comedy aspect of it. They had a lot of, like, say, action sequences because there are some great sequences. Like, in season two, there's, like, a shootout and everything with Blaine. It's really dope. But um, what was I going to say? It also had, like, again, like, a lot of heart, right? You had these really emotional scenes with, like, Blaine and his father, where it's, like, clear that Blaine was, like, abused as a child, you know, um, they have, like, these really great moments with Ravi, who, you know, throughout all this just wants to find a cure for zombieism to help live out. It's just so good, and then of course, in late season three, early season four, Chase Graves gets introduced, who is one of my favorite characters of the whole show, I love this show. It's surprisingly good. You sit there and you go, how can, first of all, the name is stupid. And they even make fun of it at some point in the show. Like, they are, they get meta there. Um, but not only, like, so you wouldn't think based on a name. And then at the same point, you're like, why would a show about, like, a talking zombie that's kind of like this, like, precurial cop show be good and it's so good because it transforms as it goes um, it's just so interesting the characters are so much with them um, if I had to have only say like one complaint I wish that it wasn't like it was renewed for a fifth and final season um, they had like CW renewed it for a fifth season and then they said like a week later like that the fifth season would be the last season. And I don't think that the creator of the show expected that because they kind of rushed season five. Like, there was so much in it. It was so, like, jam-packed where you're like, whoa, you needed, like, another season after that to, like, really spread everything out. Um, So I just wish – like, so it had an ending. It's not like, you know, it was just canceled and was open-ended and you'll never know what happened. But – I just wish that it had a sixth season so that at least it could have been spread out.
1: I was going to say, like, um, I hate when they do that to people, like, where they just, like, you wish that they could almost get more of a warning to be able to do something like that. Cause that's kind of like Futurama. You remember when it was getting canceled all the time yeah, and they would have to rush and then like scrubs and try to think what else had like a really rushed ending because they were like, Oh God, cut off guard on, on a separate note, uh, because I was going to touch on Clive for a second. He is so forgiving because when she ate the racist brain, I was, like, sucking air the entire time, stressed out. That was such
0: a, like, tense. Because if you think about, right, that was before Clive knew that she was on brains. Like, so he's just thinking that, like, for that week, she's just became, like, a racist old man, you know? Like, at least when she was on brains, it's like he'd be like, Oh, okay, you're you're on a brain, like, all right. He still there were some points where he was like, I know you're on a brain right now. Like him and Ravi would be like, But like, stop, you know, you can control this somewhat. But um this is before he knew about it. Yeah, no, she that brain was such a cantankerous when she goes, I like as you said he's so forgiving because when she was like oh you're one of the good ones and he was like i'm gonna pretend you didn't say that i'm like
1: (laughs) what oh i know (laughs) because like the whole time you gotta be like somewhere in his head he's like god she's a little racist i didn't realize that she was you know you know like why did she get like that because you know something like that isn't something that just like magically disappears you know what i mean yeah, and
0: at least, like, Ravi knew, because then Ravi, um, I'm sorry, Liv, even then later in that episode, made some derogatory comment about Asians to him. And, like, he at least knows that she's on her brain, but Clive did not know. And you're like, Clive, Clive is, listen, Clive was a great man. Let me tell you how great Clive is before we move on to the next one. Because in season three, right, is when... They get word that there's going to be a freaking like outbreak of zombieism, right? But they find out that the whole thing is so there's like this disease going around that's like killing people, and you find out it's because the evil zombies did that on purpose so that they could get more brains to harvest, right? So then Um, They do a thing where they're like, oh, we're going to give we discovered a vaccine. We're going to give the vaccine to people. Well, the evil zombies are like, "Okay, well, then we can at least build up our army. So they put the zombie virus in the vaccine. So everyone who gets the vaccine gets frickin infected with the zombie virus. So Clive finds this out, goes to where the frickin vaccines are being given The love of his life, Dale, who he just got back together with, is there, and she just got the freaking vaccine. And what does he do? He decides to stay still with Dale. And he was the type of person who said constantly throughout the show that he did not want to become a zombie, that he would rather, like, off himself than become a zombie. And because he loved Dale so much, at the end, he offers to get scratched for her. Now, granted, Liv decides to be a real MVP and gives, like, the only zombie virus cure to Dale so that she can become human again and that they can get married and have babies. But
1: still, I loved it. Loved it. You know what? I hate you. Don't make me feel.
0: (laughs) That's why this show is amazing. But let's move on, Brittany. We are down to the number two, which is your number one. What do you got for us?
1: But man, I'm gonna go with The Walking Dead, and i I feel like I have to like explain each time, okay because when I initially thought and keep in mind for anybody listening, I didn't start watching The Walking Dead until Jeffrey Dean Morgan came on the scene. Because, <laughs> because my thing was when I first heard about it, I was like zombies, I hate zombies. Like, I was still burnt from World War Z, right? And <laughs> watching that movie, have you seen that movie, by the way? I haven't. Is Brad Pitt in that one? Is that the, yeah. is that the one? Okay. Yeah. And in that movie, by the way, it's so scary because, you know, The Walking Dead, they kind of walk or they most like, no, they don't even jog. They may like fast walk, right? Mm-hmm. These sprint.
0: Okay, the wait. Things. Can I interrupt you for two seconds? I'm so sorry, Brittany, and I'm so sorry, audience out there. That's, like, 28 Days Later. When I yes. watched 28 Days Later for the first time, I'm like, oh, shit, these zombies are, like, doing track.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be sick. Keep in mind, World War Z was so terrifying to me that I was in the theater and I nearly got up and walked out and I, I was no. with, like, a boyfriend at the time. But, like, I literally walked, like, I wanted to walk out and go, I remember Hastings was next to My plan was to spend the next hour and a half over there because I was, like, that's <laughs> no. so And that was the first, like, truly, like, zombie thing I had seen. And my thing was, I was like, before that, I was like, okay, you know, zombies don't scare me. They just kind of shuffle, right? When I saw yeah. that, I went, no, 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 no. Like, that thing runs faster than I do, I and it wants to eat me. And so, I and yeah, they, don't have, like, they don't have, like, no stamina. Like, their stamina bar does not go down. So... When I when The Walking Dead came around and everybody was talking about it and like I said, you know, Aaron's uh, sister in law, she always ends up on The Talking Dead with her like fan video and all this, right? I think by the way, she like replicated the um the incident with the bat, like like ev- with everybody like rounded up, like of, uh of friends and family she got to do it. Like you know, and I always obsessed with it. But in my brain I was like how can a show about zombies and about survivors be interesting? But when I saw that and I started re like watching, like especially when you would send me the clips with Shane, I started realizing it's not about the zombies. It's about the, you start realizing the zombies are just like the catalyst, but the real story is like, dealing with these other communities and you realize the true danger is other survivors because they're not, there's no rules anymore. There's no, Oh, this is wrong. Or, Oh, if you do this, the cops will get you. Or, you know, there's law systems put in place. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I started like taking story and went through the governor and the, or, uh, terminus, and then you get to the part with Negan and the saviors and the, uh, Oh, what was the name? Is it just called The Factory? I feel like it had a different name. I think it's just The Factory. Okay, yeah. And, like, and how scary it could be. And also the zombies being in the catalyst. like, oh, you know, like, a, a sudden death of characters or, like, you know, people getting bitten and, like, having those tragic moments. And I started realizing, I was like, this is more than just, like, a murder party or, you know, like, oh, you know, all this or, you know, Rick trying to get back to his family. I'm telling you, some of those first episodes were my favorite episodes of any show. Like, with Rick, and I, you know, I don't care for Rick, but when he was, like, in uh, Atlanta, and you start realizing why everybody left Atlanta was because it was a highly populated area, and that, that meant that there was so many more walkers, and him trying to survive, and like, when he gets reunited, and all the drama was Shane, I was just like, for me, it was just so, as the title says, so surprisingly good when I didn't want to like it. So I was already, I was felt like it was going to be hard to change my mind, but it did it very easily.
0: I like how I had eyes zombie, which is a zombie thing, and now we have The Walking Dead. But um, no, it's, uh, I didn't want to, want. I did not want to like this show. It's like, you know how some people, like we're proud of the fact that they've never seen like game of thrones like i don't like game of thrones i'm not like everyone else you know like i kind of yeah. was like that with the walking dead where i was like oh walking dead who likes that yeah. <laughs> but when i start as you said like the first two seasons are definitely like my favorite seasons um and what's really interesting is um you know, you hear about The Walking Dead, right? And you think that they're referring to the zombies because they call them walkers. But there is at some point where Rick says, like, they're not – we're The Walking Dead. Like, the humans, like, they, we're The Walking Dead. I'm like, oh, that's so cool, right? Yeah, like, he said the title. He said the title. Um, you know, it's so funny. I was re-watching The Terminus. um, a uh, plotline after you, me, and Dom did the top ten moments from The Walking Dead last week, uh-huh. and I, I really wish that The Walking Dead at times was rated R, and I'll say that be- or rated MA. I forget how they do it for TV shows, but there's at some point I don't know if you if you saw the scene if you remember it right, but it's the scene where they're all in that like you know storage. Unit like the terminus people are keeping them in there, you know. And uh Rick goes like, "They're gonna feel real stupid when they find out." And Abraham's like, "Find out what?" Because this is just when they like meet, right? And he goes, "They're screwing with the wrong people." I'm like, "Oh, how dope would that freaking line have been if he was like, they 'They're fucking with the wrong people.'" Oh, I was,
1: yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that moment when Rick finally grew <laughs> up
0: Rick definitely grew a pair, I think, like, right after they had to leave the prison and right in Terminus is when he um, – because, you know what, there were some really great lines because there's at some point in that same Terminus thing where Gareth is like, oh, I saw that you, you know, left the bag outside of – the you know outside of this facility like what was in it and rick is like naming off like all the guns that were in it he goes oh and there's an axe in there with a red handle he goes that's what i'm gonna use to kill you with and i was like oh
1: oh did he actually gun, huh?
0: no did he
1: actually uh, i forget I now i think
0: now. he did
1: i think he did <laughs> later
0: on though so
1: disappointed if he didn't after giving that big dick talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think he did later cuz
0: like Gareth didn't die right away. He like escaped. Um and then they had to kill them later. But yeah, like I after Shane was killed cuz I only got into the Walking Dead for John Bernthal, because that was right after I had watched The Punisher, and I was like, "Oh man, I need to watch everything now that John Bernthal's been in." Right, and it's like, okay, so he played Shane on The Walking Dead, which is what a lot of people knew him as. And when Shane got killed in season two, it was like, "Man, do I really even want to keep watching this?" But I did, right? And I was like, yeah. "It's so, it's so good." Like the Governor whole thing, as you said, Terminus. I'm getting to Alexandria. Like, you know, it got really good. Um, I still wish that they, like, didn't abandon the whole, like, CDC thing. Like, I want – like, they've never explained in the show what caused this whole shit.
1: I, I, I feel like they should end it with that. If, if the next season's the last one, throw us a bone. Throw us a bone, please. <laughs> You
0: know how I wouldn't mind if they ended it, which I never think that it's a good way to do, like, okay, before I say it, right, I only think it's a good ending because someone suggested it online. And I will say, though, that I'm never a fan of, like, dream sequences. But someone was like, but they were like, what if, what if the show ends and it's Rick waking up from the coma in the hospital, and there's Lori, Shane, Carl, just all sitting oh, there know. like, <laughs> and I'm like, I know that that would be crazy, because she'd be like, what, this whole entire show was a, was a dream, and it's like, I know that'd be messed up, but it's like, it kind of be cool at the same time. <laughs>
1: I think so, too. I would laugh, though, if, like, he comes out of a coma and Judith is Oh, my God, because imagine... Wait, imagine, because Rick has
0: been in a coma for so many years that, like, Shane and Lori got together anyway, and Judith, he was like, motherfucker! <laughs> and, oh, and then he... Wait, and then he meets Michonne anyway in the hospital, because maybe, like, she's there, like, because her kid she's had, like, a checkup doctor. or something. She's a Oh, my God!
1: <laughs> there you, you go. Know, there you go. Fan fiction, get on it. Well, you
0: know, I mean, The Walking Dead has already had, like, dream sequences before, Um Remember after, like, Glenn and Abraham died, like, at the end of that season, there was, like, a dream sequence of, like, them all, like, sitting down to eat or something like that. Like, after Sasha died, it was, like, as if she went to heaven and, like, everyone was there or something like that. You know, Walking Dead has already played around with that. They could they could do it. They could do it.
1: <laughs> oh, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, I thought of one last thing. <laughs>
1: No, no.
0: <laughs> Rick wakes up, right? He's all like, what the fuck? You know, uh, Lori and Shane got together and he goes to, like, Carl's, like, fricking, like, school because, like, Carl's doing some sort of sports tournament and Negan is the sports, t- is <laughs> the gym teacher. <laughs> gym
1: teacher. Oh, my God, Tia. Tia. Tia.
0: I wrote Walking Dead AMC, I wrote your finale for you.
1: you're <laughs> welcome.
0: You're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> it's things that are never going to happen, but still.
1: <laughs> Why do I love you? <laughs> just just, just, just not a serious question here. It'd be really
0: interesting if The Walking Dead ended and it's literally, like, the only two people who are still alive are Negan and Judith. Like, everyone's dead, right? Everyone is gone, and it's just Negan and Judith just walking down a stretch of road, you know? Like, how crazy would that be?
1: That would be pretty crazy, but I, I just want Negan to live. Like, I feel like he had such a good, like, redemption arc, but I still don't want to talk about, like, him and Alpha to me. No, like, like so that I was like, no, I'm done, please, mercy, <laughs> mercy. I will say also
0: that one thing that I think about with The Walking Dead, and it's the same thing that they touched upon with 28 Days Later, is, like, did this infect the entire world or can you just imagine that it's like just America and like the rest of the world just like rope them off and shit and they're just like yeah we're still chilling and good but America's fucked <laughs> got, right
1: now uh, then we get the savage lands <laughs> yeah we never know. Like, we don't
0: know, like, what France looks like right now. Like, did the disease travel across the seas? Like, is it just, like, in North and South America? Like, I need, you know, the walkers can't go over water. Like, what happened? I'm so curious. I need answers to you. I need answers, but Brittany, we are down to the number one in our top ten surprisingly good TV shows. Let's go through the list before we hit number one. We have number ten is Parks and Recreation. Number nine is Raised by Wolves. Number eight is Golden Girls. Number seven is Brave New World. Number six is The Boys. Number five is Doom Patrol. Number four is Scrubs. Number three is I Zombie. Number two is The Walking Dead. And number one is to me the surprising of all surprising shows that I've watched recently. And one that dear, dear Brittany suggested for me to watch. And it is Cobra Kai. <laughs>
1: so good
0: it's so good so Brittany was the one who was like Tia please give this a chance and I will say that I have listened to plenty of you know podcasts right um where the number one thing that everyone says is Cobra Kai has no business being this good and I'm like wow like people talk really highly about this show and I would never think that because first of all it's like anytime they try to do something where it's like 30 years later and they bring back the people. It's like, oh, it's just like a washed-up cash grab to try to, like, you know, touch upon that whole nostalgia thing to make a few bucks, right? And you sit there and you're like, okay, there's no way that, like, it should be good that these grown men who played, like, who did karate back in, like, the karate kid back in the day should be good, right? And I am like angry about how good it is (laughs) like I watched it and I was like why is this good why do I like this like I I told my mom yesterday about it and she was like oh my god she was like are you serious like a show about like Karate Kid I was like I know it's so good like I can't even like put my finger on what's good about it I just know that I watched it, and, like, by episode one, not, like, episode one obviously was, like, establishing things. I still liked it. But, like, by episode two, I'm like, yeah, fuck. I'm, like, in. like, 100% in. This is so good. And it just kept getting that way.
1: I think the big part, too, is, like, Johnny is so, like, not, I'm trying to think how to say this, because being PC is good. In a lot of ways. But also, it's refreshing that he's so, like, doesn't have that filter because he's just he's so, so goofy. The eighties, stuck to the 80s. Yes. He's and so when, they're like, when they're like, oh, you need to be sensitive to his feelings. And he's like, well, he needs to stop being a pussy. And you're like, I don't know why it's so funny. Because he's so losers and nerds. And it's funny because he's like, you know, he was that bully in school. He was this. So and then he's over here like teaching these losers quote-unquote how to not be losers and and like giving them that confidence but I'm sorry to, like, take over for a second. I just have such a soft spot for Karate Kid, and I always get sensitive whenever I'm like, I wish Mr. Miyagi was here. And uh, the the actor actually passed away in 2005. He was born in, like, 1930, so he, he lived a good long life, but I still, like, miss him. And my thing is, Karate Kid's such, like, me and my dad's, like, one of our favorite movies. I will still sing the uh, Karate Kid, like the song that plays at the ending of the first one with uh, when he beats Johnny. But uh, I think most kids have tried to do the swan kick at least once (laughs) in their life. And it's funny because I say that dad and Aaron are a lot alike, that my dad, like, about broke his foot in the ceiling fan at his house because like when he was a kid because the ceilings were real low and how he said his sister was laughing at him because he hit the light fixture with his foot trying to do it and the pain he was in and then Aaron has a story of trying to do the swan kick and about busting his nose because his knee hit his face and I remember being a kid and trying to do the slime kick so it's like I don't know, it's just one of those movies that, like, it inspired so many people, like, to, like, it was one of those movies that you watch it, and you're like, I'm going to join a dojo, I'm going to learn karate, or, you know, taekwondo, because taekwondo is, like, more popular lately. I think most dojos around, like, most places teach taekwondo, at least. And I was just like, I want to be karate kid, I want to be the loser that turned into someone awesome.
0: I just love that it's from like at least in the beginning it's from Johnny's perspective right it's like okay so you have this kid who in the karate kid he was like you know on the opposite side part of Cobra Kai you know he's clearly the bad dude you're supposed to be sitting there uh, rooting for you know Daniel Um, and then it's like 30 years later and like Johnny himself is a bit of a loser you know he's an alcoholic who doesn't see his son who you know, um, is totally not within, say, like, any sort of former glory or whatever. And him just trying to, like, kind of bring that back for himself in even creating Cobra Kai – um well not creating i'm sorry bringing it back but i love like he grows so much right like because as you said he's calling everyone losers and pussies at first but then he like realizes like he even says at some point he was like maybe we should take mercy on our enemies sometimes you know and he like even says like when um aisha the girl comes in he's like oh we don't accept uh girls in but then you know when he's like oh i heard that you know people don't they're not nice to you. And she's like, well, people tell me that I should go kill myself. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, even he's surprised of, like, how intense that is. And so yeah. – um My particular, one of my favorite scenes is, like, you know, he's, like, yelling at that one kid, you know, for his lip the whole time. And everyone's, like, you should stop being that way. You're being, like, like now you're going overboard, right? And, like, even you're sitting there going, like, you're going a little overboard. Even Johnny's probably sitting there, like, am I going overboard? And then the kid freaking comes in with a mohawk, and he's, like, you said to change myself, so I did. And he's, like, yeah. (laughs) He's, like,
1: sad ass. <laughs> and it's so, like you're right; it's so silly and over the top. But I think what makes it so good is very good at being like, like that '80s montage of getting better, doing good. You know, having the the enemy and defeating the. You know what I mean? And I love his
0: relationship with Miguel because it's like Miguel quickly becomes like a surrogate son for him. Um and not for nothing. <laughs> Daniel LaRusso is a dick. Like I'm watching it and I'm like, you're kind of the asshole right now. Because the thing is like all all Johnny wanted to do was just bring the dojo back, get to teach these kids, you know, and a lot of them were kids with low confidence. He's teaching them. And Daniel like makes it his mission. To get cobra kai shut down he's like no cobra kai back in the day was terrible blah 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 like i'm gonna get it shut down and it's like all johnny was trying to do was live his freaking life man that's all he was trying to do and like daniel was me like how far did you get in the in the show
1: um i got to uh the girl. the new girl just joined cobra kai
0: okay i finished all the two seasons um i'm done it was so good. Like, oh so freaking good. But I loved, like... Okay, so you've seen enough where, like, Johnny's old sensei comes back.
1: Ah, oh, I was so God. mad. Chris Kre- was the, the work That's the thing. Is like, the he's the reason. If you would watch the first Karate Kid movie, you kind of understand why, like, it's nice to see it from Johnny's perspective and all this stuff, but... Crease was the worst. Like, worse, he... and
0: I like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, I liked in the show where they keep showing the flashbacks from Johnny's perspective, like how it was for Johnny, you know, being trained by Creese and then also Johnny showing how it felt to him about Daniel coming into like town and stuff. But yeah,
1: no, Crease. As soon as Kreese, like, came I was like, no! <laughs> I know. But they're like, oh, he's dead. And, like, and I, it just, like, like, it, we, we keep watching it. We're like, so many issues could be fixed by just talking about it. But that's the problem with Johnny. He can't talk about his feelings. But mm-hmm. my thing was just, like, it was hard to see Daniel be such a dick. But then you do kind of think back to how the first movie was and, like, Because he got the shit beat out of him by these kids. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of stuff happened, and it's good to see it from Johnny's perspective, but Johnny was not really a – he was a bully. And I think it's hard for a lot of kids when they had a bully in school and then suddenly, you know – Yeah, but
0: it's like, to me, I'm like, Daniel is obviously so much more successful in his life. Like, Johnny is, like, not doing well, at least at first, right? So it's like, Dan, you kind of have, like, everything. Like, your kid literally orders a new PS Vita or whatever, like, on Alexa, are you kidding me? Like Johnny doesn't even know what Facebook is. <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't even know what. Fa- like to me, I'm like Daniel and his family are rolling in the dough like extremely. But um, I don't know if if you got up to it. It but in the second season, there's a really good scene where Johnny meets back up with some of his old Cobra Kai guys and they pretty much like tell him like why are you back in with crease like that's like the things that he did to us johnny is not good you know I but know, it's- but the
1: two you know, that touching moment at, like the uh at the homeless shelter does he get better from that point on or is he still oh, bad god.
0: oh god no no oh no. the thing- the things that he's teach, like, cause he Johnny brought Creason as an like a co sensei, and the things that he's teaching those kids. Oh my god, you didn't even see the end of season two. Like, oh my god, like what? It's
1: like the homeless shelter part just happened, and like, like it. It's like, don't tell me too much, but it's like, it's it's
0: you feel I that. Just- like, you feel bad in that moment, and it's like you understand. You really think that, like, Creese is going to, like, turn himself around. You're like, you know what? Like, as Johnny says, everyone deserves a second chance, right? But freaking, like, what Creese ends up doing, like, he is training those kids like he was training Johnny and those kids, and it's not good because it's going against completely what Johnny is trying to do. And the kid with the mohawk has, like, Someone online said, um, you know, in like wrestling, like he turns into a heel. Does that make sense? Like yeah, yeah. he has, like he has, like a heel turn. Uh, the ki- be- because of crease, like crease is no good. Oh my god! And then, like, tell me how. I'm not going to spoil too much. Please tell me you're going to keep watching it because it is insanely okay. good. Like that, e- that end. Oh my god, that end I scene is just the show of,
1: to like, you. course i I'm finishing it. Well, you know,
0: that happens with a lot of things you introduce me to, and then I end up finishing it. Um, but I was just going to say that, um, don't you feel sometimes, like, Johnny and, like, Carmen, like, Miguel's mother, kind of,
1: like, yes. you know, you can see it, you can see it, like, I, I can see it. I want his, like, love, like, I want his love interest from the movie to, like, show up.
0: You're going to like the ending of season two. Um, I will say that, like, the ending of season two is so crazy, but I loved, like, the choreographed fight scene at the end of season two. Like, there's a huge fight scene, and it's so good, like, how it's done. You're like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you think, like, a bunch of kids, like, you know, doing Karai isn't going to be that good, but it, like, they pull it off. Like, they pull it off. And, um... You know what's kind of bad? Like, I could not care less about Johnny and his relationship with Robbie. Like, to me, I'm like, I don't care about Robbie. I care about Miguel. Like, as long as, like,
1: like so far, but, like, I felt like they added. Does he not look like a 90s pretty boy, though? Does he not look like somebody with, with the long hair that kind of splits down the middle? Yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so Pauly was like, look at this pretty boy, and it's like, I know. <laughs> like, I don't know. To me, I'm like, how does Johnny produce that? And then, like, Robbie's mother is clearly, like, a crazy bitch. But I'm just saying that, like, I have no – like, I don't care about Johnny trying to, like, mend a relationship with Robbie because I'm like, he has Miguel. I'm like, and Miguel, like, needs Johnny. Like, Robbie – is kind of like a lost cause, and at this point, Daniel is, like, daddying Robbie, so I'm like, good, Daniel can be the daddy to Robbie, and Johnny can just concentrate on Miguel.
1: Well, my thing is, like, with Robbie, it's, like, you know, he was basically starving, and it's, like, he didn't have anybody really take care of him, you know? Oh, I know,
0: I know.
1: You know, and it's, like, but, yeah, he does have Daniel, and I just want them to have a good relationship. I don't care about, like, him being in his life completely, but I want, like, the forgiveness aspect
0: well, you have to keep watching the second season.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. I know. No, know, But yeah, no, seriously, there's, a, like, a part of me that I sit there and I'm like, I wish Chris had never come back. Like, he really introduces this whole new element to the series, and it's like, I think the actor who plays Johnny does it really well, where it's like, he's an adult, right? So it's like, in all, like, reality, like, what does he care about crease right but he still has that like kid in him that remembers crease as this like older abusive person to him and it's like you can tell that it's still traumatizing it's in many ways
1: what well, you say, like, with them.
0: Yeah, yeah very much so, very much so. So, yeah, I love Cobra Kai, please, Brittany, catch up because I need to talk to you about the season finale of season two because it's so crazy.:
1: Oh my God, okay, okay, I'm gonna be on it.:
0: you're gonna, you gotta be on it. I think to, I have a confession time really quick before we wrap everything up. I've never seen the karate kid.
1: I know. <laughs> I told you you had to watch it first.
0: Nah, I feel like I pretty much got everything, but I'm going to watch it today. I rented it, and that's on the docket that Paul and I are going to watch the first Karate Kid today so that I can at least, like, see the touchback of everything. I don't want to wait. I just wanted to get into Cobra Kai, um, so I was like, fuck it. I'll just watch it first, and now I'll watch Karate Kid. But um, Brittany... We did an amazing job with this top 10. Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to throw out right now?
1: Uh, I don't have any. I think I threw all mine out.
0: (laughs) I think I did as well. So good, good. Um, Well, Brittany, I very much enjoyed this top ten of the top ten surprisingly good TV shows. Before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, what do you got for us? What should we be looking out for besides you having a new kitten?
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um except there's hard it's hard there's five of them and I don't know which one to keep. But i was going to say you can find me at Itty Bitty Brit uh on twitch.tv. I stream four nights out of the week for 4 to 5 hours uh, normally Monday, Wednesday, Thursday and Sunday. And today, which you know this will be posted later, I am going to start playing Super Mario Sunshine because that was one of, that was actually my absolute favorite mario that ever came out when it originally came out for the gamecube so i'm going to be playing on that and trying to get on the uh the shine the sunshines i think is what they call them but yeah and if you ever want to see the kitten on stream that'll be where to find them or you can find me at twitter at itty bitty zero which is where i'm probably going to post most pictures of the kittens
0: Oh, yes. Everyone, please make sure you check that out. Um, because we love pets here. And we especially love, uh, what are they called? We love strays. Uh, I feel yeah, like that's our thing. <laughs> We love strays here, but uh, make sure you check that out. Brittany is a very dedicated streamer putting in the legwork to make sure that she gives you guys great entertainment. So make sure you, that you uh, give her a like and all that stuff. I don't really fully understand Twitch. Like, subscribe, all that good shit. But anyway. Um- <laughs> As for me, I think I mentioned earlier in this podcast we did do a top 10 moments from The Walking Dead. That is on YouTube and CastBox and anywhere else that you can find um, podcasts. So make sure you check that out as well as just check us out, geekfivesnation.com it has all the links to all of our social media platforms as well as articles that are reviews, opinion pieces, all that good stuff. Um, I have a ton of interviews coming out recent, uh, not recent, but I have a ton of interviews upcoming, uh, including some really cool interviews with uh, some of the cast members of the upcoming Amazon Prime series Utopia, which is actually, you know what, that's an honorable mention, but it hasn't come out yet, so I can't really talk about it too much, but it is really good. Um, so make sure you check that out. And I also have a few interviews legitimately with, uh, lead investigators behind the Joe exotic thing. So that's really cool. Um, and then in general, just make sure you check me out on Twitter and Instagram and it has been fun. Let us know if there's a list you want us to cover next time and we will see you later. Bye. Have a wonderful day.